time to talk golf on the Radio Tab Breakfast Show. Wayne Persky joins us. Wayne, good morning. Morning, Paul. Morning, Will. And good morning, listeners. Well, let's talk about Aussies on tour and some success. Min Woo Lee finishing second in Abu Dhabi, but it was the shot by the victor, Victor Perez, holding out from the bunker that's cost Min Woo a chance at uh, victory here. He's still banked over 700,000 euros, so he's done all right. Yeah, it's like eight top tens in a row for... uh for Min Woo, he's certainly in outstanding form, and this is the sort of time where you want to bank some of those wins when you're in this kind of form. So he was unlucky, you know. He was unlucky twice, actually. Victor holed that amazing bunker shot on the 71st hole, and then Min Woo had his own chance to provide a miracle um, two times, actually. He hit his pitch shot, and it nearly went in on the way through, and then it backed up and came back to the hole and nearly went in again. So only a few inches away from forcing a playoff. But... Uh, in outstanding form is Min Woo Lee, and uh, he needs to be because he needs to keep up with his sister. Yes, yeah, certainly. And I, I just checked his world golf rankings after the weekend. He's number 50, so he's 50th Ooh. in the world now. Is this the year he goes from good to great and starts cracking that sort of top 20 or top 30? Yeah, well, he had his first win in, in 2021, and he hasn't had a victory since then. But, geez, he's been nice and consistent and given himself a few chances. So, like I said, he'll be wanting to get a few victories under his belt while he's in this kind of form. Uh, golf's a funny game, you know, it's sort of, you, you need to make hay while the sun's shining and you tend to make 90% of your money 10% of the time. So if you can't bag a few victories during your, your best form, you can miss an opportunity. But the consistency that he's playing is um, outstanding. Obviously getting into the top 50 in the world, he'll play the Masters again and uh, hopefully... Once you get in that top 50, um, you can play a bit more in America. Like uh, like friend of the show, Ryan Fox, um, had a fantastic year last year and now will probably concentrate a little bit more in America. Gives him a bit more of an opportunity to uh, get some of those world ranking points. I understand why all the players want to get onto a, to the American tour, Wayne, because it's, it's where the big money is. But just listening to the coverage from Abu Dhabi, the DP World Tour is exactly that. They started in South Africa and Australia. They moved now to this event in Abu Dhabi. 26 countries they will go through this year, Wayne. So it really is a world tour. And that's why I love it. That's what I love about it. Yeah, and I love the fact that we have more Australians playing on the European tour or the DP World Tour these days. Not really the European tour. As you said, it's the, it's the world tour. They're playing all over the place, even through Asia and... Um, when you look at that leaderboard and you see all of the different flags on the leaderboard, it is pretty cool and it's something that um, is missing in America and uh, that's probably why us Aussies really like to watch the DP World Tour because uh, we see our guys competing outside of Australia, which we um, we have to do, unfortunately. You know, and we play our Australian Open and PGA and the big events here and then our boys head off and ply their trade all over the place. They, it's always been that way, and uh, I do like to see them doing well on the DP World Tour. And uh, if we do turn our attention to America, John Rahm, we were just talking about John last week, saying that he believes in his own mind he should be the world number one. Well, he was victorious again on the weekend in La Quinta in California. He's now won four of his last five tournaments, so he definitely is the most informed player in the world. Yeah, and, and both... 
you know, over on the DP World Tour and on the PGA Tour. So, look, there's no question that he's the best player in the world at the moment. Putting John Rahm at number four at the moment is... It shows the flaw that he's talking about in the official world golf rankings. Um, his consistency too, like the, I think he's had, he hasn't finished outside the top 10 in his last 12 starts. So obviously only plays in the, the bigger events, but, um, he sounded a warning by saying, you know, he feels like he can improve a lot more. Um, it should be a big year for John Rahm. He, he's got it covered too. Like he tends to play really well. In, on the tough courses, um, obviously has a US Open um, trophy and are the courses when it's like the Century and and this latest one, the, the American Express, where you have to take it deep, you know, 27 under this week um, wins. In fact, Jason Day had a great week, finished 20 under in a tie for 18th spot. So... John Rahm seems to have the game to to cover all of those different t- styles of courses um, in America and in Europe. So he really has to be considered the best player in the world right now. Yeah, certainly he does look back indeed. And in that same tournament, back on the Aussie front, we saw Jason Day uh, with a top 20 finish. And look, he's obviously a shadow of where he was five, ten years ago. But where's his golf currently at? And do you think there's a chance he could have a resurgence and, you know, compete again quite regularly? Yeah. Look, Jason... Um, for a while there, when he when he had some really bad back issues, it looked like he was he was really sort of phasing himself out of it, not playing very much and withdrawing a fair bit after a few holes. But he's done a lot of work in the in the background. So looking at his Instagram, you can see the changes that he's made into his golf swing to to help him with his with his back injury, and um, it's noticeably different. Um, it's obviously working because he was right there like with nine holes to play he was in about sixth spot so unfortunately a a bogey and eight pars to finish sort of spiraled him down the leaderboard but he was right there at one stage just with nine holes to go well inside the top 10 so I would say some of those swing changes are making a difference he's obviously doing the work um golf's better when Jason Day's playing well too local boy we made mention of Victor Perez and his hole-out shot from the bunker, which was I thought was absolutely sensational. But the highlight from the weekend seems to be the albatross by Xander Shoffley, holing out from 205 metres wide. Yeah, the rarest bird. And uh, <laughs> to a, a pin that was cut, um, you know, hard right over water, and it just went in. It would have gone in if the hole was a thimble size. It was just uh, a perfect shot and got him pumped up to shoot a, uh, a last-round 62. So, yeah, some of the big boys of the PGA Tour came out to play and um, and they were right up near the top of the leaderboard. That sort of stuff doesn't happen very often. So um, you could see it's his first albatross. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty rare to see. And you say it's the rarest bird. Uh, it's funny, I was saying earlier, my brother who's off 13 had an albatross, so they come from <laughs> the, the rarest positions. Have you been lucky enough to card one yourself? Yeah, I had one. Um, I had one at the Riversdale Cup. In about 1998, on the 10th hole, and uh, it's a par four down around the corner, and I hooked one around the corner, and a bloke came running out of the trees with his hands up in the air, screaming and yelling. So that's the <laughs> the, the one that I've had. But um, by coincidence, my teammate that week was a bloke called Travis Johns, and we were both representing Queensland at the Riversdale Cup, and he had one on the same hole the next day. You kidding? And say it's a draw, not a hook, Wayne. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Baby draw. <laughs> I like With a that good bounce. <laughs> now, uh, uh, 
we didn't get a chance to mention this to you last week because it happened afterwards, but Live Golf announced that they have a broadcast partner, CW Network, in the United States. They're not known for showing live sport, but this is a start for Greg Norman and Live Golf. Yeah, it'll be um, pretty be- beneficial to, to CW as well, I think. It's a, um, a mutually beneficial relationship where they're going to show this golf and I think it'll attract a lot more people to watch their channel and uh, they're going to profit share out of it. So, you know, a lot of people said it wouldn't happen. It's, it's, it's happening now. I'm interested more to see how that works with um, people outside of America because... To be honest, I, I don't really care much how, how many Americans watch it. I'm more about uh, here in Australia and around the world and, and trying to get those players to um, to represent their countries in other parts, just like they do on the DP World Tour. So hopefully they'll continue the, uh, the YouTube broadcast without ads and stuff like that, all the stuff that we like, so we can watch um, these guys play more often. 14-odd events that they've they put on the schedule um, places like Singapore and Mexico and, of course, Australia. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, Adelaide. So coming up and, and the first sort of taste of live golf on Australian soil. How do you think it's going to be received by by uh, golf fans? Are you predicting big crowds or, or quite a divided stance on it? Yeah, it's sold out. So, oh, there you um, go. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that answer's sold that out already. It, it's sold out very quickly. So th- there's your answer. I mean, people are dying to see guys like Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Henrik Stenson playing on Australian golf courses. Um, I'm just disappointed they're not playing here in Queensland. I know Lee Westwood got criticised by some for saying he thought the uh, the DP World Tour was weakened now. The, uh, the the scheduling uh, as far as the fields were concerned, and he's got to be right though. You, you've effectively taken eight to ten players out of both tours that usually find themselves in contention majority of the year. Just those names you went through there, Wayne. So, live has had an effect. They've got to agree the PGA and the DP World Tour that their fields are not what they were last year. Absolutely. I mean, we saw it early in the year on the PGA Tour was quite evident you know when you went down through the leaderboard in some of those you know the big boys come out to play in the big events but in between are the the regular pga tour events and even on the the dp world tour and the pga tour you can see without those those players one or two of them um geez it makes a difference when you're watching there was quite a, a lot of names that are probably we call them emerging players um but yeah not a lot of uh lot of the guys that we like to root for. So, you know, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, those sort of guys, they, they may be past their best, but, geez, they come out with some good stuff every now and then, and they're the blokes that we like to watch. So, yeah, whether it's it affects the quality of golf or not, I don't know, but it certainly affects the viewing experience. I see uh, Sebastian Cord has been called out by his uh, sister, Nellie. Uh, uh, Sebastian at the... Uh, at the Aussie Open said he was the worst performing uh, uh, athlete in the family behind the sisters and dad and and she's had to be bleeped out over uh, a live TV cross saying that he was full of we won't say what uh, yeah. but uh, once again what a talented family they are it's, it's outrageous to think that a family could have 
two Australian Open golf trophies in the cabinet, an Australian Open tennis and an Australian Open junior title and potentially an Australian Open, another Australian Open tennis title in the uh, in the lounge room. It's quite a talking point and obviously these, this family is, is gifted sporting, but across the board, you know, I get the feeling that if they were cricketers, they'd, they'd play for Australia. If they were <laughs> baseballers, they'd play Major League. So it's... Um, yeah, pretty impressive family. I can't think of another one that's the same. Uh, Dubai Desert Classic this week on the PG uh, on the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour. It's the Farmers Insurance at Tory Pines. And just before we go, this is from Ascot Mick Wayne. Uh, it, it's fantastic. It's funny how you're talking to Wayne, who's probably hit over a million golf balls and played over a thousand holes. But you remember that one specific shot 20 years ago? It's that one shot that keeps us all coming back, Wayne. <laughs> it is. And no matter what level you're at, you always remember that that one little shot. And they're the ones that you want to keep in the bank. So, you know, when you're faced with something similar, you can recall that and hopefully repeat it. So it's a good tip for players to, um, to remember your good ones and try to forget the bad ones. Good on you, Wayne. We'll chat next week, mate. Always a pleasure, boys. Look forward to it.